You're listening to the Sound Girls Podcast with Susan and Becky from Central Florida. This episode features an interview with Carol Urban. You can find us on social media, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at soundgirls.org. Website, soundgirls.org. And we are the Sound Girls Podcasts. Uh, today, we just want to give a shout out to everyone who has submitted applications for the new host and co-host position, and also uh, editors. Uh, we asked you guys to submit some things for the upcoming podcast, and you guys turned out in droves. So we have been going through everybody's interviews and uh, mock interviews, I guess you call them, and also uh, some of our amazing editor people like uh, Caroline and uh, April are going through a bunch of editor things and we're all, you know, jumping in this together and listening to the amazing things you guys are doing. You're making it very hard. I just would like you to know uh, you guys are awesome and you're doing a great job. So uh, we are excited um, about these submissions and getting back to you to see who's going to be helping us improve the podcast and just get better and better because you guys rock and you're awesome and you deserve it. So yay on to our interview. Carol Urban, C-A-S-M-P-S-E-N-A-T-A-S, has served directors and producers as a re-recording mixer for television and feature films since 1999. Focusing principally on documentaries early in her career in Washington, D.C., she now lives in Los Angeles, where she currently mixes for television and film. She describes her job as playing mind games with sound. As a perpetual student of her craft, she enjoys exploring the power sound has to immerse the viewer in the narrative. She is also an involved member of her community, having served on the Television Academy's Governor's Peer Group for Sound Mixing, organized events for the LA Sound Group, and served as a Blue Ribbon Panel Judge for the Motion Picture Sound Editor's Golden Reels. Carol has acted as a content editor of the CAS Quarterly and served as a board member for the Cinema Audio Society before being elected as president of the organization in 2019. She enjoys educational outreach and has moderated panels for mixed sounds for film event, various FYC campaigns, and AMPAS. Some of her recent credits include Stephen King's The Stand, Grey's Anatomy, Single Parents, Big Sky, and Project Blue Book. Welcome, Carol. Welcome, Carol. Uh, thanks, ladies. Nice to have you here. I, uh, we know we haven't interviewed a whole lot of people in your line of work, so I'm excited to dive in and kind of talk about what you do. It's super fun. <laughs> I, uh, I don't even know what some of these things stand for uh, that we're reading like through your bio. Oh, oh okay. Uh, let's see. Um, so the Motion Picture Sound Editors is a fantastic group of uh, combination of music editors, sound effects editors, uh, ADR editors, dialogue editors, essentially um, everybody that uh, chops up sound for picture. Very cool. um, So and I know I'm forgetting some people, and please forgive me, everyone out there, if I forget someone on this list. Um, uh, the Cinema Audio Society is uh, a group that you know I, I super, super love. I've been blessed to, to be their, um, their current president. I have elections coming up, so God willing, I'll have two more years of that. Um, awesome. so <laughs> it's lovely. Um, it's, uh, uh, it's the only organization, actually, that I've ever encountered that combines the craft of production sound uh, with post. So it's uh, post-production mixers together with production mixers, um, and that includes uh, scoring mixers. 
um, that prepare the music, you know, to be delivered to the dub stage and uh, re-recording mixers like myself, um, ADR mixers and Foley mixers. So it's, it's, you know, it's really, it's an awesome organization. Um, and then uh, Nautis is the, um, it's the Television Academy. Cool. And Ampus is uh, the Oscars, the uh, Film Academy. Awesome. Very cool. That's uh, yeah. keeps you. Sounds like <laughs> yeah. all my acronyms, all acronyms. Yeah. Keeps you very busy, though. <laughs> it, you know, it does, and it's such a blessing. Like, I still can't really believe that, like, uh, what I do is a job. Like, it's fantastic. Like, I, I don't know how I was able to uh, – I, I knew what I wanted to do very early on, and I was very focused, and I definitely, you know, lasered in and went straight towards what I wanted. But uh, I still can't believe it's an actual thing and that I get to do it every day. It's pretty sweet. That's awesome. How did, how did you know that you wanted to get into that? Um, well, uh, well, I have really awful eyes is the first thing. <laughs> so um, <laughs> I, I, I did. I, I literally was, I was like legally blind up until the age of six, which um, means I had always had optical input, but I have uh, really bad depth perception. And I had a muscular deformity where I could not use my eyes together. Um, and it was an unpredictable um, kind of floating eye situation. So my brain was not really able oh. to um, take the two images from my left and right eye and merge them into a singular object. So I had an operation rather young and, you know, got freaked out because all of a sudden I had decent vision. Um, I still can't play any sports. I have terrible depth perception. I'm like that old Saturday Night Live skit. Like I run <laughs> into things all the time, five bruises on my body. I'm like super clumsy. Um, but I am excellent at... Um, observing, uh, and probably because of this in my early years, uh, of observing distance through sound and observing the characteristics of sound behind a door, down a hallway, upstairs, on the phone, in your laptop. Like I do observe all those things. I think maybe more than the average bear. And, uh, and I'm yeah. quite good at matching ADR as a result. Uh, because I can listen to something and go, okay, I hear the frequency difference between that and that pretty easily. Um, and the same thing with futzing, uh, making things sound like they're through a phone or through an iPad or through a television. Or through, I'm very good at determining all those things. I'm very good at determining how those sounds would change as you get close and far away from them or as you would go around a corner or down a hallway. So I'm good at treating dialogue in a way and music in a way um, where it sounds like it's real, even if I'm placing it artificially to create an emotional response. So yeah, it's, you know, but so I, I found that that was a job um, probably in college. And uh, I went, yeah, that's, that's it. That's what I wanted to do. Cause I knew I wanted to do something in engineering. I'm a, I'm a you know, I have Polish blood and my whole entire family's full of engineers, you know, whether it be nuclear or electrical <laughs> or chemical or yeah. So I, I knew acoustics and physics were my thing. Um, and I, and I, I have a natural aptitude for, towards engineering, but I also am a very artistic person and I love to hear stories. So um, now I get to tell stories with sounds being artistic yeah. using this weird observation that I have uh, in my life experience and I get to practice engineering. So it's, that's my job. I, I, I make things sound uh, real, but I also make things sound abstract um, I take all the elements and food groups that you hear when you watch a television program or a film and place them in a manner where it's most impactful for the storyline and achieves the vision of the director and the producer. So, yeah. 
It's so you're working mostly. It's super cool, man. It's, it's, it's like fun. I'm thinking yeah. about all these shows. <laughs> yeah, like while you're while you're talking, it like my brain just went to all these different shows that I watch. One being one that you work on. I'm a huge Grey's Anatomy fan, so I was like super ah, excited. Yes. Um, but one of the things I love about Grey's Anatomy the most is how they incorporate music and, you know, talking over certain scenes and then the background noise is still in there, but it's like, so I'm, I'm fascinated by shows that the sound draws my attention to it. And that's one of them that does for me. I've always thought it was really cool. Well, this is, um, this is a really interesting characteristic. Of, there's a couple of things that we do for the sound of Grays that um, I find really interesting that have become a trademark for the, the show. Um, so Grays specifically, you'll notice that in comic timing moments, um, we put distant phone rings or elevator dings. Um, just c- uh-huh. even if they're super, super low in the in the background, it's the it's the timing moment that we want you to to register the joke and and or to register the comment and pay attention to it so we so instead of like a laugh track in the old days you have other cues yeah it's but but it's not yeah yeah, but it's not like but i'm bumped ding it's not it's not like that it's 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 meshed into everything in a very real way and it's panned properly based on the where you are in the space and it's in the background and it's but it's a Mm -hmm. sonic indicator it's a it's a moment for for a beat um, the also the other unusual thing that uh, Shonda Rhimes does in general is she likes to pick a lot of music with vocals and play dialogue over it. So that ends up being a logistically complex thing to do from time to time. Um, but she is uh, but she is very good at uh, choosing music that almost seems like it could be like a soliloquy of the character in that moment. Um, so it's it's really quite beautiful. But um, next time you watch. Um, notice that when people go from a ensemble scene or like a larger scene to a emotional moment between two characters, when it gets serious or poignant, um, listen to how the background will slowly fade out as the music comes in. Um, and this is a way for you to psychologically hyper-focus um, and underline what's happening as being a poignant storyline uh, moment but also um, an emotional moment where you go into the emotional space of these people. Um, it, it's, it's kind of a, it's a way to play mind games with sound. Um, it's, it's a, uh, it's a way to uh, make your viewer uh, note and focus and put themselves in the place of the characters. And it's the little things like that all the time that, that you tweak um, that really make all the difference that can make something emotional impa- emotionally impactful versus documentary ask versus declarative versus yeah, it, it's all of that is so much fun yeah it doesn't look like you have a particular genre that you stick with do you have uh do you kind of go around in different things now or do you have one section that you prefer or just happen to work out more often you know my favorite genre is always the one that i haven't worked on the most recent <laughs> 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 because i i find that i find that whatever i work on I, I know that a lot of people do get kind of typecast even as a re-recording mixer that they become the person who does yeah. um you know this type of show or that type of show i've been very very blessed um it is true that my personal uh 
fandom. I love post-apocalyptic sci-fi and action films. That's kind of my jam. You know, I always want to have like aliens or some type of like weird, like personified robotic, like ominous presence. Like that's my jam. But, um, but I appreciate all different genres of uh, storytelling. And I find that by working in many different genres, I have a wider palette of tools to use in order to manipulate emotion. Mm -hmm. Um, And I oftentimes can uh, find a solution, find a creative solution to a narrative challenge. Like we want this to be scarier or we want this to be awkward or we want this to be weirdly unsettling or like I have more tools because I've learned the conventions of many different genres and mm-hmm. I can use them interchangeably <laughs> when needed. Yeah. So it, yeah, it's kind of fun. Just a random yeah. question, but like in real life, do you hear that in your own head? Like when you're going into different circumstances or situation? <laughs> <laughs> you, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's funny. My husband actually teases me because sometimes, um, uh, somebody will say something or somebody will do something and uh, I will have a response like, dun, 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 or, you know, like, or rock twist or, yeah, because I, so I guess in a little bit, in a way I kind of do, I'm, I'm constantly thinking uh, about, I guess the storylines. Yeah. But I mean, even audiobooks, I don't clean my house without hearing a story. I'm, I'm like, um, do you guys remember that commercial um, for ESPN years ago where like, the guy's getting dressed in the morning and he's got like a TV in his mirror and then he pulls his sock drawer open and there's a TV in his sock drawer. <laughs> and then he goes to like the, the bathroom and there's like a TV in his bathroom and he's just watching yep, the game yep. everywhere he goes. Yeah. Like I'm kind of like that with narratives. I'm like listening to an audiobook in my car. I get out, I work on a narrative all day. I come mm-hmm. home, I watch, I am not, I'm not just a pusher. I'm also a user. I love TV. I love film. Like I just, yeah, I want to hear a story all the time. I like, I love it when my friends tell me stories. I'm like, tell me a story. I That's love awesome. Yeah. <laughs> I have definitely been consuming a lot of television this past year. Um, Ooh, what are you watching? Right now, I was watching a, a crap ton of Criminal Minds. We are going nice. through the Criminal Minds. Um, but then I also watched... Uh, a couple docs. Um, they had that one. It wasn't a doc. It was like a. Uh, um, it was the one about the Olympic bomber. I watched that whole thing. Ah. And then uh, now I'm getting my fiance into watching Twin Peaks because he had never oh, Twin seen Peaks Twin delicious. Peaks before. What? And yes. since we were binging all of the Criminal Minds and all this other yeah, stuff, I'm, I'm like, I think he's ready <laughs> for David Lynch because I couldn't yeah. just throw him into a David Lynch show like. Right, right. He, he, That's like the one time my husband told me he'd never seen Dune. I was oh, like, yeah. I, I, I was just like, I was, I was, I was a gasp. I didn't know what to say. I'm like, what? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He and he gets so many pop culture references because he loves television. He's got a degree in radio and television, so like it's his jam. But I'm like, you haven't seen any David Lynch stuff, so we need to fix that. Um. That's really the powerful thing about about mixing, about being a re-recording mixer, is that you formulate moments that become pop culture. Yeah. Yeah. So they become shared experience, yeah. between, you know, between people. There are a way that yeah. people can relate or say, you remember that time when you saw blah, blah, blah? It's like that movie and da, da, da. Like if you become that that unifying cultural reference, and that's that's such an honor. It's awesome. That's so yeah. cool yeah. to think about, like, yeah. that you are contributing to these moments that people are. Yeah, it's kind of cool. reading yeah. down your list yeah. of yeah. credits, and I'm like, oh, wait, I've seen that movie, and I've watched this one, and I, I just finished The Kingdom on Netflix. And, uh, and yeah, oh, and I was awesome. like, notice Oh, isn't that great? Kingdom is Unbelievable. Yeah. And I was like, man, so then I'm, like, trying to yeah. think back. 
yeah, trying to think amazing. back of like the audio <laughs> and how it worked when they were in the ring and they were fighting and all these different and I was like, wow, that was I bet that was some work. Yeah, we used to go into the head and kind of do the breath and body movements and almost um we would design and place in uh, kind of rustle in, in motion and amplify feet on the mat and then mm-hmm. go out to the audience. So we would switch the POV from internal for even with the sometimes we would use heartbeats or, or music that had like a, a thump track or a drone track so that it would be uh, very internally intense and then externally enormous because it would go from crowd to internal. That was a really that fun is, show. I bet. Yeah. Had a great mixing partner, too. That's awesome. awesome. What yeah. is that? What is <laughs> so? What's one of your favorite mixing experiences uh, that you can think of, and why? <laughs> um, you know, it's I, I, every time somebody asks me that, it's always like one of something that I just finished mixing that I because I always I have so much fun, like it's just <laughs> fresh on my mind. Um, I really did love mixing the stand. I gotta say, in the stand, I, I there like I just watched episode six myself and. Um, it, it, it sounds delicious. I'm very proud of it. <laughs> yeah. Like I, I, I'm, yeah, my mixing partner was really great. The material was really awesome. Uh, the producers were fantastic. Uh, and you know, you can't, you can't beat the narrative. You can't beat the material. I mean, it's the stand. I love Steve. I love the stand. I love Stephen King. <laughs> how, yeah. how much time does it take you from receiving the assets to completing that episode? Ah, <laughs> yes. Okay. So, <laughs> Um, how much time does it take or how much time do I get? Because uh, it's more of how much time do you get than how much time does it take? Um, you know, of course, you know, when you are being creative and artistic with something, nothing is ever completed. Yeah. It's just, you know, you have to, have to abandon it at some point. You know, it's like a, they always have to pry it from my hands, you know. Um, but that's cool. You know, like, I, you know, when it's done, it's done. Um, and I, I'm a whole, you know, when I turn it in, I'm whole. Um, but uh, <laughs> I, it, it depends. Like, for instance, um, uh, I'm working on Big Sky for David E. Kelly right now. And that show, based on the logistics of the producers being in Canada and us being uh, here in, in the U.S. and uh, uh, their shooting schedule and the fact that things are shooting whilst we're mixing and et cetera, um, we mix that in a super, super, super long day. Um, like, we start really, really bright early with the sun and we go until the clients give up you know (laughs) and it's a long day and then we come in the next day and we do notes and finalize so you know maybe two days for that guy uh Grey's Anatomy is typically two days um but uh Project Blue Book uh was was a bit longer that was uh that was three days um and uh I'm working on um a half hour for HBO Max right now for something called Made for Love which I really love the writer from Made for Love I love her stories I've read all her books um, that's a half hour and we're getting two days. Um, I've done the horror films I did for into the, uh, into the dark. Those were typically five days of mix after a pre-dub. So the pre-dub could be like an additional day or two. So it really depends. It's, it's about, um, it's about the complexity of the story and about the amount of time that there's available monetarily, but also what the producers and directors want to achieve creatively. Uh, so it, it really it really depends. Yeah. yeah, it really depends. Yeah. Yeah. It changes. Yeah. Sometimes you're in haste and you're just trying to make it legal and get it in the box. And other times you're like, this is going to be super great. We're going to create this amazing experience. So, yeah. Yeah. That's a different yeah. world than what um, Becky and I do in live sound. <laughs> like we, yeah. It, it's due while it's happening. So. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. And and I actually, in I guess in college, I, uh, I did a bit of live sound myself. 
Um, and uh, I really, really enjoyed it. Um, but I got to tell you, it was the lack of the ability to rewind. <laughs> yeah. And, and I'm and I'm such a perfectionist that there's so much that you have to love about the characteristic of live sound, like the space that it's in or the sound that night or the performance. It's uh, just a moment. That's, yeah, it's, that's it's a moment. moment. Right. You're Yeah. It's, it, and you make it beautiful, but really it's almost... Um, like documentarian in a way, mm-hmm. you know, like it's, it's, you're, you are, you're, you're, you're creating that moment, you know, um, it, it, for what I do is, uh, I, I, I can, I build yeah. a moment. Yeah. Some that people can yeah. live in you know, over and is, over again too. Yeah. So, so I mean, it's, yeah. Right. Right. But, but also like when I work on something, I don't just work on a scene and move on. I work on a scene and I work on the next scene. I put it all together. I play it by itself. I play the whole thing. I play pieces of it. I, yeah, I, I try to look at it in different ways. I have different layers of producers that come in and look at it different ways. And we try to create something that um, we try to look at it with a very micro perspective down to, is that mm-hmm. footstep too big? Do we need the hand touch? Is it important to pay attention to the hand touch or not the hand touch? Does that need a sound or not need a sound? Does the world go away? Does the world stay? Like how much attention do we pay to play to this element that's going to come back later? You know, she's being stalked. Do we go ahead and make the car a little louder now? Or do we let it just blend into the background? We're not sure. Do we foreshadow? We like, we play with all those little elements. That's so um, cool. And, and it's, it's super fun, but it's, um, yeah. yeah, we're constructing the moment, you know, it's, yeah, it's, it's Very really cool. Fun. Yeah. In film school, yeah. I used to watch uh, anytime we we'd get a, a new Blu-ray or something. I'd always watch the special features so I could see what they do, um, <laughs> you know, because they'd they'd interview like the re-recording mixers or the Foley people or, um, mm-hmm. you know, composers stuff like that. And I loved watching those because just mm-hmm. watching the way that people's minds work to create those sounds and the moments and like. There was this excellent one on the social network where they were talking about getting his footsteps to sound right. And they're like, Mm -hmm. well, he wears these like slides, but we want it to sound like flip flops. So Mm -hmm. we do the flip flop, flip flop sound. And they had to replace Mm -hmm. everything with that. And I was just like, that's so cool. I love this so much. (laughs) Yeah. All those little tiny things that you wouldn't think would. uh, Yeah. Well, it's like ADR. Like, how do you make ADR sounds like production yeah oftentimes you acoustically match what it sounds like you add the reverb that's in the room you add the color of the eq but then you have to go back and you have to add the cloth that exists in the production sound you have to make sure that's consistent through your adr you've got to make sure the foley that you add all those hand pads and movements that exist in regular recording Mm -hmm. it's got to exist through your adr so that it sounds unified so that it just flies by you yeah it's all those little teeny tiny little details it's crazy the stuff we obsess about on stage. Um, when I think about an abstract, I'm like, man, we spent a lot of time talking about hand pads <laughs> during this episode or, you know, gosh, it was really important. The sound of, of what insect we used outside yeah. the house today, you know, in this particular scene, that was a, you know, that was a, a, a journey to find the right one. But in the end, all those little things together do come and create a, they come together and they come, they become a unified experience mm-hmm. that, is discernible in your mind. Yeah. Like it, it you can feel this show feel, and it, you know, like big sky has a feel, and it's you know, like great genuine feel. versus uh disingenuous. Right. Cause if you have the wrong, yeah, no, the wrong it's crafted. area or bugs and you're like, well, that doesn't fit that area. That's not right. It puts you out of it. <laughs> Although oftentimes they make things weird and awkward um, by making, by taking something as simple yeah. as bugs and eliminating them. Mm-hmm. Like you're like, wait a minute, we're in, you know, we're in the bayou. Why don't we hear any bugs? It's so awkward. That's so 
off-putting. Yeah. Well, okay. Well, the killer's coming. We're going to use that as a convention. You know, like we're going to use that. You know, we can. It's it's lovely because there's all these rules, but they're all made for the breaking in a strategic way, um, which is really exciting. So fascinating. You know? So yeah. fascinating. <laughs> uh, what what is one piece of equipment you couldn't live without to get your job done? Oh gosh. Um, you know, it's funny because uh, what I do, uh, I don't typically own a rig as somebody that works on a dub stage. And I do think that most people who do what I do are probably are, are freelancers. So um, while I have a home that I work at a lot, um, I do often work at other facilities and other places. And so I have to be, I have, I have to be able to adapt to different setups and, and, and know my equipment well enough that I can be like, okay, well, this is a new board, but you know, it's got to do this and it's probably going to be here and it's probably going to be there. And, Oh, look, there it is. You know, like I, so I don't always work on the same equipment. Um, but I do have an eye lock with me and I am very particular about, uh, my dialogue chain and the plugins that I use. Um, I like to do, um, very little with a lot of different things. Like I don't like to hit anything super hard unless I absolutely have to. Um, I like to make small, tiny changes and gains with multiple delicate softwares uh, in order to cumulatively make a large difference um, that hopefully is very uh, natural nice. sounding. So um, I, I would actually, I guess I would say my iLog. I would have to say my <laughs> plugins. Yeah. Are you, are you, yeah. are you a plugin? <laughs> and I'm always data testing new stuff. Yeah. I'm always, yeah, I'm a junkie, but I'm always yeah. trying new stuff and I'm always moving stuff around and, yeah, I, I make a point every time I try something new to I have basic templates that I use based on different networks that require different things and, you know, different Atmos set up, you know, for one stage because they've assigned these objects to us versus another. You know, I have technical templates, but I always make a point to listen naked first to the mm -hmm. production and look at the screener before I even walk into mix, like watch the story without audio post, like listen to what we're starting off with, listen to the guide track from it. Uh, picture editorial and I come in and I custom add and change all my settings. I don't, there's no set it and forget it world for me. Like I play with all, it's all custom, which is the great thing. I get to do something bespoke yeah. every single day. That's cool. That's cool. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. You know, <laughs> yeah. How not many not a that? lot. Crazy. You know? Yeah. It's, yeah. That's amazing. <laughs> not a lot. Yeah. If somebody wanted to be you, they wanted to be a re-recording mixer and editor and all the things, fun things you do, like what would you tell them to take for their first step? Or what would you say? Give some advice for our youngins. Um, well, I mean, the landscape is super weird right now with COVID, et cetera. Um, in fact, I've had a lot of um, uh, people met with me when I was moving towns and when I was moving up and, uh, I was able to, you know, at least sucker probably 90% of people that I reached out to to talk to me. They were that kind that they lent me that advice. So when people reach out to me, um, I 100% get back to all of them and and reach back out in some capacity. Um, it's been really, really hard during COVID because I, the rules are all yeah. changing. Normally, I have people come in um, and do sit-ins or I have people come in after hours and I'll show them kind of how the room works. Um, I'll send people for internships at different facilities or uh, runner positions at different facilities. Um, but all those positions are kind of gone right now yeah. temporarily um, because of the pandemic. Um, but normally my advice would be 
um, to get yourself in. It doesn't matter if you work in the kitchen. It doesn't matter if you work at reception. Get in. Know other people who know what you want to know and start becoming in their circle. Become in their circle. Get to know them. Get to know their world. Observe their life. Observe their preoccupations and struggles and what have you. And, and ask them questions. You know, like people don't do what we do for the money um, so, um, and, 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 you know, and, and people don't do what we do, you know, for really any other reason than this is a sickness they can't shake. They can't get audio out of it. You know what I mean? It's in their blood. They're, they can't shake it. Um, they've got to pursue it. Yep. It's their obsession. Yeah. So they like talking about it and they likely will show you. Um, what they're, you know, how they do what they do or a perspective or a glance into their world. And they like to bring people up. We typically are a community that likes to mentor and we like to, we like to do that. We remember that it's invigorating, you know, sometimes the long hours and the, you know, turn it up, turn it down, turn, you know, to the left, to the right, you know, shake it all around. Like sometimes that can be a little, you know, it can be a little daunting, you know, I won't lie, you know, um, and, and sometimes the redoing or the really bad production or the pulling out the wines of a generator or, or taking out the cicadas or you know, sometimes that can be really laborious, you know? Um, so, so, but in the end, it is a beautiful and incredible thing that we get to do. And we get to, help people empathize with one another by sharing effective narratives. I mean, that's a insanely powerful. I mean, you get to be creative all day long, but you can lose, you know, sight of the joy, lose sight, you know, like, what did they say? You, you know, you can't yeah. see the forest for the trees. Sometimes you can't see the forest for the trees. When you have a protege, you see the forest because they still see the forest. They don't, they've never right. even met the tree. Right. They don't know the crazy. <laughs> they just see the, the beauty. So it's invigorating. It, you know, it's wonderful. I, I love helping people get into the field. Um, sadly, I don't know what to tell people right now other than join an organization. You know, find yourself, uh, like for instance, CAS has been doing a lot of virtual events and um, we, we did a uh, membership meeting and we're involved with EATMA, which is uh, the, um, I'm going to mess this up, Industry Entertainment Mentoring Professional Alliance. Nice. Ooh, I did it. Um, so, um, and they, they help pay people. I know, right? This is a rough one. Yeah. Um, but, but they do a wonderful uh, job of uh, combining a lot of different communities and organizations in the industry um, to help people find mentorships and uh, to meet people that they can learn from and, and become part of the community. So I, I would say do that. Awesome. Great advice. Yeah. Thank you so much. And then when COVID in, just get in, man. Get a receptionist job. Become a runner. Become a yeah. Get, just get in there, man. Yeah. 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 So, right. <laughs> yeah. Suze, any any last minute questions that you might have for Carol? <laughs> I feel like we should have a sound effect for that. <laughs> oh. We gotta ask her about her go to beverage because she is definitely a lady that's gonna work some interesting hours. So. Oh. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Uh, I'm a caffeine. Uh, I have, yeah, I have like a caffeine consumption. I'm like supporting the coffee industry, like hardcore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, and I don't even really like coffee. I like espresso. Like, can you make yeah. it thicker? Like, I'm, if you, you could come in a pellet form, I'm fine with that. Yeah, <laughs> and I, I kind of have a superpower, which has really helped me in my career. Which is, um, if you give me ten minutes, I can self-moderate my ten minutes, and I can have a dream and be asleep for like eight of those 10 minutes. Like I can full on boom, boom, and like come back. And it doesn't matter how much coffee I have, I can always sleep. 
the coffee gives me the option of staying That's awake. Impressive. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, so, so I would say coffee. It's super, magical. super impressive. We're, we, we joke around a lot, but I'm, we're mostly serious that we want a coffee sponsorship just because that'd be kind of cool, right? I know, totally. Yeah. Yes, if anyone makes coffee and would like to sponsor Sound Girls Podcast, we will gladly accept it and we will <laughs> we'll just be happy. Yes. Something crazy. Some good Brazilian coffee exactly. or I mean, Cuban want, coffee, want, like, something that, you know. Bacon and coffee or something crazy. There you too. go. Like you want like really, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> like the stuff if you drink more than two cups, you might die from. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Yeah. I mean, you got you to gotta stay awake to edit these long 12-hour days and stuff, right? <laughs> there are very long days sometimes. But, you know, like I said, every, every little footstep, uh, every little hand, you know, every little mouth smack. Um, you know, every note of music that you, you know, push a horn out of the way or a violin into the middle or, you know, pan stuff as you walk through a crowd, you have the people pass behind you, all those little teeny details. Um, they may not be something that you notice when you watch, but they affect you in an emotional way. And mm. people, you know, what do they say about when you meet people? They don't often remember what you say, but they remember how you make them feel. Yeah. We create sound that makes you feel. You may not, you know, Yep. Remember every footstep or everything that we do, but you remember how we make you feel and it impacts you and that's success. That's what you want. Yeah. That's awesome. It really is. I, like, that's beautiful. I'm just sitting here like so excited that we got to meet you and got to talk to you about um, the cool experiences that you create because I know some of those experiences you created have touched me and, and affected my life. And I think oh, that's, that's freaking awesome. awesome. You know, and so I know that you're going to keep doing this. Yeah, it's, it's, (laughs) it's, it's, I'm sure there's other things you've mixed that I've heard that I didn't know were you, but uh, I'm going to go check them all out now. (laughs) I'm going to add them to my list. I I, I hate them. It it is just something that I just finished doing, but I really do like the stand. I do. And if you liked Kingdom, Kingdom, yeah, I think you'll like the stand. You should check it out. Awesome. Project Blue Book's also delicious. It was fun. I mean, aliens, you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta listen to the aliens. I mean, that's always <laughs> historical aliens. Yeah, it's it's like Mad Men meets X Files. It's amazing. You should check it out. Yeah, it's oh, really I'm good. So, yeah. yeah, so really in. amazing wardrobe. <laughs> yeah, totally. Cool vintage car engines. And yeah, it's super cool. Yeah. Thank you so much for talking with us. This was super fun. Thank you. Yeah, this is super fun. I really, really appreciate yeah, it. Thank you. Cheers. Thank you so much for joining us today on the Sound Girls podcast, Resonating Beyond Sound. We look forward to interviewing another amazing sound human next week and hanging out some more with all you Sound Girls. Have a wonderful week. The Sound Girls Living History Project is a collection of interviews with audio industry veterans. The project seeks to highlight the careers and achievements of women and underrepresented groups in audio. Interviews are conducted by Sound Girls members with guidance from experienced interviewers in the audio industry. Interviews will be available publicly in our Living History Project and for educational use and research. It borders on magic. When I look at this machine... It just amazes me that when I'm performing with it, that I have such a warm relationship with it. I'm dancing with it. It's very alive, but it's also just a hunk of cold metal, and you have to bring the life to it. 
You can find the Living History Project on the Sound Girls YouTube page, youtube.com slash soundgirls. If you're looking for more to listen to, here's what some of our friends in the podcasting community have in store for you. Find them all over on audiopodcast.org. Have a great week, everyone. Hi, everyone. This is Sam Hughes, host of the Sound Architect podcast, where I interview audio professionals around the world about their projects, their careers, and their advice. I've spoken to some of the most amazing sound designers on the top games, TV shows, and movies of our time. Our guests also include some of the biggest composers of our generation and some of the most amazing voice actors I've ever spoken to. Catch the Sound Architect podcast wherever you listen to your podcast or at our website, www.thesoundarchitect.co.uk. See you there. I'm Dallas Taylor, and I'm the host of 20,000 Hertz, which is a podcast all about sound. We revealed the untold stories behind the Netflix audio logo, the Price is Right theme song, Star Wars, and tons more. Here's a clip from one of my favorite episodes, The Wilhelm Scream. Wilhelm has become this sort of go-to sound effect that represents a lot more than just the one sound. It's fascinating how many of these sounds are actually reused over and over and over. If you think you've never heard the Wilhelm scream, you're almost certainly wrong. It's in Star Wars, Toy Story, Lord of the Rings, Beauty and the Beast, Cars, and hundreds of other films. The actor who recorded the scream was actually kind of famous. So we're, we're like 99% sure it's... It... To hear the rest, subscribe to 20,000 Hertz. Once you see the purple logo, tap subscribe. I'll meet you there.